वेलकम टू सिंह टॉक सिंह टॉक इज अराउंड द टेबल टूडे डिस्कस द प्लेस ऑफ म्यूजिक will think about music in particular and soundscapes in general and try to situate it in space both as a creative location as well as as a site for cultural negotiation we'll delve into literary theory aesthetics musicology maybe psychoacoustics and of course music we'll think of different genres of music as loosely bounded geographic entities and ask how place or space is encoded in music how is vocal music different from instrumental or for that matter folk from art music and we'll chart the journey of music from rituals to concert halls all the way into itunes and maybe try to wonder about the long term future of music from a 500 year to 1000 year perspective we are very pleased to have three sin talkers around the table today Professor Milan Malshe who teaches English language and literature at IIT Bombay and in a parallel career he is a vocalist and a musicologist Dr Suvarnalata Rao who is a student of music and musicology and works at NCPA Bombay as the head of Indian music programming and Dr Shubhratum Mihir Roy who is a student of Drupad music and a keen student of musicology he is from Pune Dr Rao maybe we set the ball rolling with you uh, to understand something quite foundational and try to understand what sound is and maybe once we have a somewhat better grip on that we'll try to extend that into music and uh, then try to situate it in space as we go along so what is sound something quite fundamental yeah before i can talk about what is sound i think one line about what is music itself and the sure. relationship with the sound sounds is what are the components the basic components which are arranged in maybe predetermined or extempore way mm-hmm. in time and that's what constitutes music mm-hmm. sounds can be seen from various planes from physical plane mm-hmm. i being the student of physics i see at mere vibrations <laughs> sometimes mm. you can hear those but sometimes they are beyond your audible range that's right so i think basically from physical point of view they are just vibrations right that that have some energy and that's conveyed to you know through your auditory uh, apparatus to human beings and other animals according to their capacities and in what sense of the word do you use the word vibrations dr rao um because vibrations as in uh, you know frequency what we say that if there is a source see one must understand that for any sound to be produced any vibrations to be produced mm-hmm. there has to be a physical source okay now this source can be a string the source can be your vocal cords it can be even a strip of metal right right and it has to it's not enough to have a source of course it has to start vibrating right and you know it starts just moving to and fro mm-hmm. in a layman's term mm-hmm. and those to and fro per second is what decides determines its frequency and when they the, if the vibrations if the to and fros are more than 20 in a given second then what human beings can perceive some kind of energy through their auditory apparatus so about 20 hertz so yes yes right. from 20 to 20000 20, is what human mm. beings uh, audible ranges and beyond and below there is some animals who can uh, sense some of the vibrations right. so that's what we mean by vibrations right 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 of course and how would you distinguish let's say since we're on the topic of sound and music is how is noise any different even that is vibration isn't it but it doesn't yes, have a certain noise, kind of yes but noise yes and sometimes it's a very fine distinction because uh, a from physics point of view the definition is very clear it says that regular vibrations and irregular vibrations right. so when i talked about this frequency going to and fro of the source mm-hmm. that has to be regular mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know so the time taken for one vibration will be equal for second third fourth etc that is what we mean by regular vibrations mm-hmm. and thereby what happens is there are frequencies and sub frequencies overtones etc that come into play which have you know some arithmetic uh, proportional relationship to the fundamental vibrations but in case of noise this is not to be so for example when one hears heavy metal music uh, and you know it's obviously noise to some people in music to another no that that noise is of different level that is uh, you know in perception for example some people may think that uh, south indian language is a noise <laughs> so which is not right? right so i think that is a at a level of different per, different level of perception sure. but by noise what we mean is that you know um, a dragging of a chair perhaps yeah or sometimes when you write on a uh, blackboard with a chalk there is There's some strange screeching noise sound, screeching right. sound th- that is what we mean right. but having said that what we sometimes perceive as noise can be perceived as a pleasant music also in case of say birds chirping i think we started the sin talk with yes. i heard some birds so bird chirping bird tem- temple bells etc now these are very irregular sounds hmm. for that matter even percussion sounds can be very irregular hmm. you know hmm. the drum sounds because of the nature of the hide itself that are being used animal hides and the way it is beaten sometimes it can give it to give rise to in uh, irregular sounds but then in music Uh, musicians have evolved ways and means to control those that irregularity and produce pleasant sounds so at a source level it has to be regular vibrations and at a perceiver's level at a auditory level what we call as pleasant sounds interesting interesting and uh, you know you mentioned a while ago that uh, the vibrations are arranged in time and you know we're discussing the place of music today is there any place for place at all is is place encoded in music maybe we'll come back to you dr Rao. how do you think of that professor malshe yeah is how is place and space encoded in music and when one hears yeah. something from Obviously, several centuries ago uh, uh, what uh, dr rao mentioned is uh, are the basic components of sound yeah. the physical components and as such they exist in space and time if you take the kantian categories mm-hmm. which uh, kant would say are a priori categories mm-hmm. so human beings do have a knowledge of space and time mm-hmm. uh, within which experiences happen it is not a posteriori knowledge right it is uh, a priori a priori uh, categories so space time and according to him causa- causality Mm-hmm. these three would be a priori mm-hmm. that human beings naturally have a knowledge of these and uh, vibrations the source is physical so it exists in space right and it exists in time because it occupies a certain time mm-hmm. okay um uh, and further music exploits that dimension tremendously mm-hmm. the temporal dimension but mm-hmm. music also uses the spatial dimension in what sense uh this see first of all at a very physical level gross physical level uh the distance between the source of sound and you would matter right okay it's it's the it's the amplitude not simply the frequency but also but the they also the volume of of uh, which will get reduced if you move away from from the sound source of it, it will yeah and it will be louder the moment you come closer to the source of sound so that is a very gross level physical level of uh, space sure uh, at a slightly higher level of technology for example mm-hmm. uh, i would suggest that um, the 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 um, high fidelity mechanism mm-hmm. is to a certain extent based on space okay it is it is high fidelity in the sense uh, any equipment is high fidelity equipment if mm-hmm. it reproduces as if you are sitting in front of the source of sound right okay so it reproduces uh, it, reproduces it, it simulates it simulates as closely space. as possible as right. closely as and that simulation is incorporates space 
Uh, but Professor Malshi, do you think of time and space as being blended together in the sense of space-time yeah, or are I, they different in any uh, way? And I, is there a way a of thinking about that? Yeah, yeah, thank you. I mean, this is a very interesting concept. Mm-hmm. There is a concept uh, suggested by Mikhail Bakhtin, mm-hmm. the Russian philosopher, mm-hmm. who talks of chronotope. Okay. Uh, chrono is... Time, time, topos is space. space so he mm. combines, he 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 uh, constructs a concept mm-hmm. which uh, combines these two dimensions, mm-hmm. particularly in relation to literary genres, okay. the forms of. And I am quite sure this can be uh, easily music. Musical genres could also be interpreted in in uh, this light. For example. Uh, Drupad okay. as as uh, combining uh, or bringing chronotope in a, in a certain way and Khayal bringing it in a certain way, Tumri bringing it, bringing them together in a certain way. Now the operative like, word like here the, is certain way. Yeah. What is that certain way? Yeah, so yeah. Example, like then? let me give you a parallel sure. example from literature. Please. In literature, for example, the epic genre okay. uh, is uh, is uh, brings uh, together the chronotopes of, uh, uh, say, feudal um, lifestyle and uh, f- uh, and uh, feudal feudal ways of thinking and uh, the way in which one one brings them together in epics. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. the the time of epic and the space of epic is governed by even pre-feudal or feudal. The moment you cross feudalism and mm-hmm. come to modern times, mm-hmm. novel is the form which opens up those time and space categories. That's very interesting. Yeah. So this mm. would be the kind of uh, uh, projection I would like to make. It's not. It's not that epic is uh, you know older form and novel is newer form. It's simply that they represent or they uh, they integrate within them certain different types of chronotopes. Okay, similarly, Drupad would be bringing in a chronotope of a particular kind, which Mm -hmm. will, uh, with its very slow movement and the bifurcation between the Tal and the Pre-Tal concepts in Drupad, Pre-Tal development Mm -hmm. with Nomtom, the Alab, Jod and Jhala. Mm -hmm. And then there is a lay. But there is no tal there, okay? But, uh, uh, and then when the composition begins, when the percussion comes in, it is a totally different game. I think so, it's a great time to maybe jump to Subrata yeah, and, yeah. you know, let's, <laughs> let's have Subrata speak, speak about Drupad for a few minutes. How do you think of this notion of space-time? Is, do you think of this as a helpful analogy for the... How does one think about Drupad or maybe we, we, we start from it in another direction? That's perfectly fine. Yeah, I'd rather like to start from a different direction because what Professor uh, Rao said, it inaugurates a different thinking. Sure. And that is uh, a non-human-centric view Mm -hmm. of music. Mm -hmm. She's talked about animals and uh, birds. Mm -hmm. So, firstly, whenever we speak of music, we'll have to obviously revolve around time and space. They become the centerpiece, the cornerstone of any discussion on on music. Uh, And when we are human-centric, when we think in terms of uh, um, our perception of music, uh, we tend to uh, conceptualize it as we see music. But we have got no way to understand how perhaps a whale feels yeah, when it uh, it creates music, music or listens to the other whale uh, creating music. Yeah. So while we c- understand that music is in our experience, mm-hmm. music we, because we uh, empathize with music and we identify it some sound as music. Uh, but are we aware of how uh, maybe plants respond to music or animals respond to music? Uh, not just the how, but where, localizations of of those responses could be uh, neural localizations of of responses to music, and uh, then we we should go ahead from this particular basis. It could it is of course a metaphysical 
analysis of music because mm-hmm. because we are theorizing on the physical aspects of music yeah so we have to basically start from this foundation but how do you think of the notion of place and space sobrato i think you know the 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 notion of time is probably somewhat obvious and one understands that music or sound for that matter exists in time but in what sense is space or place encoded in um, in music for example when you sing or render a piece from dhrupad or you you know there was a piece of music that's existed for several centuries in what sense is that place and time captured in 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 the music that we listen to today or in what sense is our present time going to be captured in the music that's there today we don't uh, really like to recreate a scene from okay. the past when oh. we sing okay we may feel a, a, a fleeting moment we could we may feel that uh, yes this uh, is something like as if you're singing sitting in a fort and singing for raja man singh tomar <laughs> but it is not necessarily that we are doing that yeah of course not the executive um effort is not towards recreating something yeah so that classicism can be uh, fully avoided yeah what we are trying to do is experience music mm-hmm. and in a way alter our state of consciousness i'll come to that later sure we'll talk to talk about altered states of consciousness that's what i feel when yeah. i of course when i'm singing drupad yeah i think that's a that's a point which one can take up because see all said and done the attitude when human beings speak will will have to be uh, what he called anthropocentric yeah it will have to be human centric yeah uh, even when we talk of animals and plants you have to modify that sentence by saying as far as we understand of course i mean even obviously, our analysis yeah. of birds so, song so is anthropocentric so you can't enter birds analysis. mind obviously you can't sure uh, as far as we understand birds probably this is as far as we understand plants it has to be homocentric as far as it goes i mean that's the limit of human cognition human perception you can't transcend those psychological states and say that oh well plants objectively feel this Sure. So sure. This sure. Will, this is a kind of boundary condition for any discussion. But I want to add one more thing to uh, what uh, Dr. Rao as well as uh, Shubhruto has uh, presented. See, for human perception and human music, mm-hmm. not only sound mm-hmm. but silence is equally important. Of course, sound makes sense because of silence. Yeah. yeah it inscribes itself onto silence yeah so sound and silence they go together yeah noise and sound go together yeah sound and melody go together they are they are blocks from which human beings construct their music and yeah. when sound comes as against noise that sound becomes relate relational sound mm-hmm. the swaras are not sounds what does that mean in the sense that there would be a relation of say consonants dissonance mm-hmm. and certain frequencies which sound nice to your ears mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so the absolute consonants the perfect consonants that we talk about so it's a, it's not sound in isolation sound in connection with other sounds is what would make music sure if sure, you are whether sure. you are singing drupad whether you are singing khayal uh, when you even when you stay very stable on one note mm-hmm. that note is related to all the other notes in the that have come before yeah that. before so, as well as in the in the no after. in the abstract uh, notion of the scale yes yes uh, the shadja pancham shadja madhyam shadja and shadja the upper and the lower all these will come into play and not a single sound that's very interesting that's very doctor now why don't we can i please? just uh, take on from what he is saying it's very interesting yes so you know the very first sentence i said the definition of music mm-hmm. is the organization of sound and one can add their silence also yes. i mean it is given yes. you know you can't be continuously producing sound like a siren or something the silence <laughs> has to be there and in fact now that we are st- perhaps a lot of discussion which 
can be related directly to classical art music because we talked about Dhrupad and he's talking about Sharja Pancham Bhav, etc., consonants, etc. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel it's very uh, important for us to understand mm-hmm. that music, when we we say we're creating music, we learn music, we, we uh, teach music, what we are also uh, tacit understanding is we have certain intention. Before we start, even if I say I'm singing a Drupad in this particular rock, there is a particular intention with which those sounds get connected. So the intention... That's very and interesting. The, what do you mean by that? Yeah, the, the, for example, the intention could be or is, for is, is the in intention? all kinds of rag music mm-hmm. to get the character of the rag personality of the rag over there. Mm-hmm. You know, that is the highest intention and therefore perhaps the other... Like the lyrics may take a little... little bit of a backstage. little backstage because the rag has to be projected. Particularly in the Drupad, there are two sections. One with, with tal, as Professor Malche said, and one without tal. The same uh, pattern is followed by the instruments, mm-hmm. like sitar, sarod, etc. So mm-hmm. we have alav, jod, jhala, in which there is a lie. Mm-hmm. But there is no tal. Mm-hmm. And what, what comes out larger there is really the personality of the rag. So that becomes the intent. And perhaps that intent sets other kind of musics apart from what we call as art music. Such as what? Such as folk music? Folk music mm-hmm. or say popular music. Mm-hmm. You know, or say ghazal. Take a, in some, for example, ghazal mm-hmm. versus chota khyal. Mm-hmm. You know, both, are, both have lyrics. But in ghazal, the lyrics is paramount. Yes. The intention is to bring out the lyrics in its, with its fullest import. And the melody should just assist that. Whereas in art music or Chota Kyal, the, the, the melody, the rag reigns supreme. And the, ideally, the lyrics should just be aiding that. So the intentions differ in different kinds of musics. And that needs to be uh, you know, understood. Then I think everything falls in place as far as understanding the, of that music goes or from a student point of view or a teacher point of view. So that sets the... Dr. Rao, would it be fair to say, since we touched upon the notion of folk music, would it be fair to say that almost all music started off in rituals, uh, went via folk music, and what exactly is classical art music, and where did it start? Obviously, it didn't just become classical art music one fine day, and in what sense, characteristically, is it different from the more ritualistic folk kind of music? See, I think it's a little difficult question. Mm -hmm. But yes, it is easy for us human beings and convenient perhaps to think that, okay, in the beginning there was nothing. So yes, and Indian history also points to the thing about the ritual music from Zamaveda, etc. The the scale developed Mm -hmm. and then slowly perhaps the play with those notes will develop and things like that. And it's logical to think perhaps that uh, the human beings, lay people so-called, started some kind of music and slowly and steadily it gets codified, Mm -hmm. systematized Mm -hmm. and that's what we call today as art music. Mm -hmm. But having said that, you know, everywhere in the world, I don't think... You don't sound too convinced. That is not not the same arc everywhere. And at least I have not studied those uh, other musics from that point of view and therefore I won't be able to say it is not to say that um, yes there is a uh, first of all some kind of database available of sounds and perhaps then they started putting it together and when it became more and more codified and systematized which can be now taught and learned you see that is why art music is very special because of its codification because of its rigid tenets and things like that Mm -hmm. you know things can be explained to you in a fashion that instructional model would would allow mm-hmm. anywhere mm-hmm. and therefore it can be learnt and replicated things like that but that's not so true for folk music even if you talk to folk musicians and you ask them how did you learn this there is no instructional model as such because the aesthetics is very different the intention is very different it is to express one's own thoughts maybe the he has he or she has used the song that uh, her father or you know teach uh, the other people in the community has used but then now it is his song so he is presenting so it the way he or she is. so there is not much of instruction but I am not ruling out complete instructions over there but there is a the model of instruction is very different hmm. Hmm. Professor but Rao how would you uh, how would you analyze the statement of uh, late uh, Ustad um, Bismillah Khan he was asked uh, where did you learn 
music who taught you music he said mm-hmm. nobody taught me music so is it an instinctive thing um or as you said it's a learned thing is it is it cultural or is it more instinctive i think it is both and uh, you know i mean meaning no disrespect to anybody you know i i can quote my grandson you know something he did beautifully and i, I was overwhelmed because he was only 2 and then i said who told you who who showed you this he said nobody myself <laughs> so you know yeah, there are there intuitions in place there uh, and you know yeah. to say that i didn't learn from anybody is then to ask do you really learn from the external world and it is denial of that you know i am not saying a guru two gurus 10 gurus nothing but you know how much do you credit to the external world the stimulus that you receive from that you know and uh, the i uh, we know that uh, the gentleman that you mentioned the great master has learned from people so you know there are maybe some things that you learn maybe he means it in a more metaphorical yeah, kind of yeah, way yeah could be and had you know, yeah. there is lot of tacit learning happens tacit in learning. music yeah, absolutely you see when this is what i understood when i taught in rotterdam the things that nobody had to tell me ever you know i had to point them out i would say that do you know the etymology of word bhajan is comes from root bhaja that means to pray to worship to you know so these now these kind of things i never so there is a lot of tacit understanding and you know the um, ustaz etc because of their khandani surroundings etc they do learn lot of things intuitively and uh, as a tacit learning so perhaps that's what he meant and there you know also you know that these great masters like bismillah khasab or vilayat khasab they developed styles and the they the way they looked at their own instrument i'm sure there is a lot of intuition happening there so therefore perhaps they think that nobody taught me i mean you know i did it myself but metaphorically yeah. perhaps yeah one yeah. one principle in education is that you can't teach anybody anything yeah you can you can help people learn right. yeah of okay so mm. this i think tacit learning tacit intuitive learning is plays a very important part as long as we are actually looking at absorbing the basic knowledge okay of swar and lai but i think beyond that knowledge of raga is not intuitive knowledge of raga somebody has to teach you sare gama somebody has to teach you how to stay where to linger where to you know sort of Uh, uh, how to construct phrases okay language is learnt naturally yeah uh, chomsky has shown that uh, there is linguistic competence human beings are born with a certain propensity to speak universal and grammar yes okay. absolutely yeah. and children don't need to be taught a language they yeah. learn a language they, in fact it is better if you wish to be learned yes but if you if exactly yes there is some set of There's rules something that you dip yeah, into which you construct in your mind which right. he calls internal grammar mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there is something called grammar in the books which is pro- probably what sonalta mentioned as codified grammar mm-hmm. so that grammar gets socially codified and yet it has to be learned anew by every human being so music has to be learned whether it is taught or no is is a slightly different question okay but professor don't you agree that you know especially i feel uh, that uh, you know with vocal music because we are apes you know the progeny of apes we feel <laughs> i feel that there is a lot of imitation power Absolutely. we have Absolutely. you know so many songs we may yes. just pick up just like that without learning them Yeah. without understanding how they work yeah i agree but that imitation when, plays a very yeah, very large role and yeah and yeah. you know many uh, like what shubhrato ji just said many ustads will also say that i never ask questions my teacher never told me that this rag has this aro aro nothing you just pick up the bandish the way teacher is teaching and then you try to make sense out of it so maybe it's a absolutely and uh, if we if we go back to the a concept of folk music which you yes. and, uh, she also discussed see folk music is tied up very closely to the local conventions of life 
Yes. It is a part of it's a part of a life. A certain certain aspect of life. Mhm. Mm-hmm. You don't sing a funeral song when somebody is born in the house. You will yes. sing it only when somebody dies. Yes. And when somebody is born, you sing other types of in songs. In fact, Professor so, Malshe, yeah. uh, uh, Ustad Aminuddin Dagar has gone on record saying that Drupad is folk music. No, no, I I agree. See, Drupad might have come from folk tunes. There are so many rags. basically you see this whole debate between classical and non classical the older uh, word for classical was not shastriya mm-hmm. not abhijat mm-hmm. ragdari ragdari as she rightly says rag is at the center in folk music rag is not at the center in folk music the local conventions of life drupad might have originated from those conventions so professor malshi would but, you would yeah, you say that folk yeah. music has a more functional nature it it, it is always it is always a part a of purpose. culture no it will functional not in the sense of you know gross functions sure 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 not in the sense uh, of getting something functions. done definitely yes. there is uh, there's a there's a performative role uh, there's uh, a performative role on certain occasions of course what we call ragdari doesn't have an occasion i can go and listen and produce music at any time ragdari music is not confined to uh, uh, occasions of birth marriage you may describe them but you don't have to confine yourself to folk music gets confined there on occasions folk life occasions how would you let's change tracks a little bit how would you and maybe it's a question addressed to all and let's explore it as we go along how is instrumental music different from vocal music and, uh, all, right. and also in this notion of this constant search for place and space that we're doing right. within music uh, yes. how do you think of see, that see basically with kantha sangeet mm-hmm. which has been central in the indian um, indian traditions mm-hmm. most indian traditions street kantha sangeet as center mm-hmm. instrument which comes closest to the kantha is respected mm-hmm. more than those which are not so sarangi will do it's a bowing instrument and violin is also a bowing instrument sarangi will be respected more though it's an extremely difficult instrument to tune and play sure okay so uh, instruments which are remote from the kantha from the vocal that also seems to be a somewhat anthropocentric interpretation it again it is yeah yeah surely <laughs> well you surely. get to reproduce the sound this closest to mine so it's somehow privileged yeah kantha sangeet has remained uh, sure. at the center <laughs> <laughs> it has it has remained i mean sure. whether you uh, uh, you want to you know reorient it is a different matter mm-hmm. okay i think you know the i i mean it in the sense that you know we were talking about folk music and ragdari classical music just a while ago uh how would you think of that in the light or in the world of instrumental music for example is there such a thing as yeah, instrumental they play folk instrumental music dhuns. as well yeah hmm. the instrumental folk music is played in terms of dhun hmm. it is called dhun mm-hmm. there are rags which have origins kumar gandharva did a lot of research on this malwa sure. folk tunes mm-hmm. uh, he uh, he he lived in in that region mm-hmm. and did a lot of research on the folk tunes of malwa and constructed ragas out of it but that is only one of the inspirations for rags you can't say all music is is based on folk tunes sure that is rather an a uh, little bit of an overstatement sure i feel sure. inspirations could be many mm-hmm. for uh, rag formalization a rag is a formal structure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. certain mm-hmm. rags have you know Uh, they 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 and is there reverse come, yeah. is there reverse feedback loop as well has have there been instances anywhere in the world of classical music in turn influencing folk music or whichever way one oh yes if you, if you listen to the magnyar music for example there's a lot of for example sorath rag is is used quite often in, in okay. you may say that we we can make out whether uh, the sorath rag has come out from the tribal music or sorath has influenced them right. you can't say that probably Right. but there are a lot of ragas being we can identify ragas in folk music but you know coming to a very interesting point with professor made about uh, learning and <coughs> teaching uh, mm-hmm. aspect of music when mm-hmm. we are talking about that we are entering into the area of the inside outside dichotomy yeah 
we are entering into a phenomenology where we are talking about something which is inside me intuitive and something which is which i'm learning from outside so what's similar to what professor malshi was talking about the a priori um kantian sense of the word but yeah i'll, I'll let yeah. you go on mm. why i'm coming going to that is back to the human centric view mm-hmm. uh, which i'm not very much in favor of because there is a whole branch of uh, musicology which deals with animal music mm-hmm. zoo musicology in fact in ancient india if i may uh, read out this reference paninya shiksha mm-hmm. um kal matra sanket mm-hmm. all these uh, duration of pronunciation of vowels mm-hmm. have been uh, you know recorded uh, in uh, this particular work of panini mm-hmm. in which they have talked about mongoose the sound of mongoose is half matra okay the the they have this is the kind of standards they have picked up from nature Mm-hmm. the uh, chataka bird his matra is one matra mm-hmm. the sound of that uh, and the crow when it makes uh, its noise it is two matras similarly for peacock it is three matras so they have picked up standards of the length of pronunciation of vowels from uh, birds and animals and therefore the the whole branch of zoo musicology has uh, been today it's built up on um, a lot of indian uh, but why is that interesting because that's that, that's just a very long winded way of saying that there is a certain kind of periodicity in sounds in nature um, um and if also i'm wondering whether we are taking it too literally okay this mongoose and crow and we are taking things too literally from panini after all matra is is decided by the human being not by the crow of course okay it is human being who reads it i don't think he's saying that yeah yeah it's ultimately human being who who interprets crow it is not crow who is interpreting himself it is human beings who decide whether it's two matras half matra quarter of a matra or something like that no, if you, they if may you, have been derived from nature i am not denying that sure but it is rather a metaphoric way of saying things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no okay. i i i disagree with that it's not a metaphoric thing these are standards which have been taken from nature not Fine. taken they, they have, have been, been constructed from nature from nature they have not been taken from nature uh, has standards only in so far as human beings interpret those standards no when we are talking about the place of music when you sure. talk about place of music i tend to believe that music is everywhere yeah and because when we are talking about time as the center of our discussion yeah since everything is subjunctive to time yeah therefore music is everywhere but we have to when we talk about psychology uh, of course we are talking about our own uh, human psychology yeah there are situations when we have to transcend there are situations where time and space has been transcended practically scientifically shown and these also have to be taken into consideration animals and plants it's not only as i said in the beginning it's not only the responses of animals and plants their music the way they create music is also being studied so music lies everywhere so of course bringing back our discussion to the point the the topic place of music where music lies it lies everywhere yeah there, there was nasa who has uh, you know uh, taken some recordings of electromagnetic waves of the cosmic uh, sounds and they have found that underlying numbers of everything all things in the universe these numbers are in the proportion of 1 is to 3 is to 5 mhm mhm first mm-hmm. third and fifth so mm-hmm. this the whole universe is is a giant symphony of course Sure, 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 sure. So, how do we put ourselves at the center while we discuss about the place of music? No, who has found this out? It is the scientists who found this out. No, of course, one, three, and five is is in nature meaning. And one, three, and five are also. I mean, maybe at some level they are anthropocentric constructs. They are constructs. That's and what I'm. I'm trying to say. Or one could argue that I mean, they have a certain. They, it is they see, have a certain kind of ontology which is independent of human beings i agree scientific discoveries hmm. but they are discovered by human beings a crow doesn't discover uh, science or we don't know what they discover we don't know are. what they discover exactly yes. so, so, as so, far that as, is the exactly. point i'm trying as to so, make so how do you transcend anthropomorphism 
person or on a recorded uh, are you able to say that this is an electrical instrument being played or this is um are you able to hear electricity from far away if you know absolutely. what i mean absolutely you are i think human you're able to hear electricity electricity yes are you able to say that electricity no but uh, you know one can do you know what i mean i mean it in the sense that are you able to say that this is an electronic instrument yes of course. of course without any doubt and even among the acoustic instruments mm-hmm. you know if we know certain sounds of belong to this instrument immediately but even otherwise we can say that this is a string instrument this is a wind instrument even when we don't know the names that is because of the source and i think that is a human being is endowed with a third dimension you know i started by saying frequency which relates to pitch and then dr malshi also talked about amplitude or the volume and the third aspect is the timber or the quality by timber what i mean is that you know when i know you when you call me on the phone i don't see you but immediately you're you able, to, think, recognize. able right. to recognize yes. that yes. is because of the uh, the the sound that you produce yeah. you know the frequency it's a mixture of frequencies that and the also amplitude are going along with that so that somehow the human being has a ability to process that what is timber i, I one understands the psychological interpretation of it what is it for physics from physics point of view it's very simple i started off by saying that the uh, basic vibrations for example if you have a vibration of 100 going meaning the source is vibrating at 100 times per second that's understandable right? so what happens is I that i think one gets frequency and amplitude yes so because of the uh, elasticity of the source mm-hmm. depending upon the ability its ability to you know undergo the vibrations the multiple of vibrations come in picture Mm-hmm. so uh, along with 100 which will be loudest there will be 200 300 400 etc multiples come into picture and these overtones these are as they are called they um, attribute to this what we call as timber, timber. is it some so kind tomorrow, of an emergent property or there would be it a is physical emergent. constant for it if you know what i mean i mean not a oh, physical you you can't have it's constant like that a, yeah. but yes it is for example it will be very clear if i tell you that if we have mechanisms and we do have mm-hmm. that to cut off all the um, structure that is coming there 200 300 harmonics and just okay. play you harmonics and just play you the 100 you will not be able to say what source it is yeah right yeah that's right so it is that important that envelope is so, so it's important the, it's the composite yes thing in a way yes, so it is, is not only those harmonics but the relative intensity of those harmonics for example certain voices that can they have said okay this voice is a ringing voice and there perhaps the observation could be like the second harmonic is the strongest yeah something yeah. like that you know yeah. so these types of voices have been analyzed in the particularly in the western sense but they add the particular intense harmonics and the intensity adds to this what we call as quality or timber very quickly you know i mean all of us listen to hindi songs movie songs all the time how do you know this is lata ji and not asha ji of course uh, lata and asha actually the similar voices would be suman and lata suman kalyanpur and lata mangeshkar for practical purposes very similar voices and yet people can recognize lata think, and asha you know, have a different uh, you know now there is a very interesting a, question that people can ask hmm. okay if the so you are talking about source i did talk about source right yes. so i said the source could be a string yeah. does it mean all the string instruments sound alike no of course not then there is are so many so many other factors come in mm-hmm. how these instruments are made Mm-hmm. what are the other things that are used whether it is using a particular kind of wood then it is using wood along with metal is it using also animal hide yeah, yeah. in case of yeah. sarod it is and most importantly in the case of instruments how what is a mechanism with which the sound is It's vibrations produced. are set up in motion so mm-hmm. what is the initiation initiating method mm-hmm. is it beating yeah. plucking, plucking bowing blowing those kind of things will also uh, determine what kind of how vibrations will set up 
will be set up and therefore decide the quality of that and you know taking him from what uh, earlier uh, dr marshe said i want to say that in, yes in india there has been always the primacy of the human voice uh-huh. why because human voice is supposed to be created by the god himself so it is totally <laughs> you're not devoid of any uh, i think i mean for a while we were anthropocentric about in our entire approach now we're becoming but no that is a belief the belief system also <laughs> there's nothing can't wrong be. in being divine sure of I course not you know yeah. uh, the and belief in god it's called shariri veena mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know and the other instruments which are man made are supposed to then follow and therefore the you know so called instrumental music always followed instruments were never having any solo repertoire even today you see in the carnatic music mm-hmm. instrumental music instruments follow exactly the same repertoire that the voice has right even though they can't produce the uh, words right right but in somehow in the 18th century onwards in the north india we have instrument like sitar and sarod which which have taken off a little bit on their own which have taken off on its own and have a solo repertoire of its own which is not directly dependent on but don't you think professor that uh, the primacy of voice has also got to do with the mechanism of expression because uh, voice is unmediated uh, if we don't use the mic of course uh, when when you talk about an, an instrument you are doing something in your mind and you are replicating it on the instrument but the same is true voice is the same but in, in the case of voice we it is, are no, uh, it's a direct it what what happens to other civilizations no, not why is western that. music first taught on the instrument for them the human uh, expression uh, should be the that. same there's something happening in the vocalist mind yeah. also there's sure. an element mediated. of translation yeah. even voice there voice is a medium correct voice is not a direct expression of ideas But, I mean, there's an element but, of translation there. Yeah, there is an element of translation, and there are people. And as a teacher of music, I know that certain students mm-hmm. they try, mm-hmm. but cannot translate. Yeah, they have ideas. You can construct those ideas from mm. what mm. they try, but the voice cannot produce them. They, it is mediated. voice is as mediated and voice has all the physical parameters also there is a resonating cavity yes. which comes out there's a nasal cavity there's an oral cavity so voice when it comes we are an out, instrument ourselves we are an instrument <laughs> to a certain extent yes. so. and if you say that sarod is an instrument sarod also so needs the mind so behind it privilege human beings for a change <laughs> yeah, yeah no so where so, is the source see, see, see. let me let me add one more caveat here Please. about divine both of them have divine uh i have no no quarrels with that kind of position sure. but but human beings are human beings okay this is a very tautological kind of statement human beings are not divine they are not gods so whatever god it is god which is a construct not human being which is a construct of god I would sure. put it the other way around. <laughs> no, we we, we construct gods in our mind, whether God is there or no, we don't know. That's interesting. Mean, it's, it's a construction. I think Professor Malshir, let us construct it differently. Yeah, let That's us say, true, put it in this way, that it human being is a product of nature, right? And then you know nobody. We can't say. I mean, we can't attribute a. We don't know. Person who, who how. the instrument is created over here so it is i think it to be taken nature. in that sense yeah, yeah, in that sense and not and when you said so that that's yes, why i said i have no vocal music that. has to be learned and you know there is certain amount of effort required but i think in the case of other instruments more efforts are required i would not be so cocksure as to say that god is the hum- is a human construct i would not be so cocksure i just say i don't know sure that's more i think that's okay i think we should temperate. let that question be how do you think of this notion of performance space uh, dr rao you know you work at ncpa and obviously there's how is how is how are different performance spaces different and what do you think the future is likely to be of that performance space and you know when you think of uh, and how is live music different from recorded music and how how does one think of that yeah I- i mean you know you have not defined performance space so i'm going to take it little loosely please uh you know i think that uh, when human beings produce music 
Mm-hmm. It is for himself and, you know, Swanta Sukhaya, as we say. Mm-hmm. First, it is for me. And then perhaps I may decide to include some uh, listeners to that. Sure. And share that that communication with the listener, right? Mm-hmm. So, first of all, to have an idea that music has to be for performance. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I remember... Um, uh, Dr. Anade perhaps used to always say that, why are you using these words called concert and recital and performance? I mean, you know, he, he had a little problem with us using this so freely. Right. You know, so and he would also... As, as opposed to what? I mean... He, he, yeah, as opposed to the same idea that, you know, that... Uh, I mean, he would say that here art. is a maestro. Mm-hmm. He has certain ideas musical and has now decided to share them with you. Sure. Right? So, it's like when you're talk, saying that if I, uh, in fact, next week we have a folk music of Maharashtra performance. Sure. Now, this is really a, you folk know. Folk music performance. Per- performance yes. at NCPA. Yes. So, so, you know, that that is the thing that, you know, you are bringing. For example, even Sufi practices. I was shocked when in Tunisia when I saw, saw some of these practices, which I thought as a student of musicology happened only in Dargas. Uh-huh. And exactly. here was a country, you know, North African country. They said, no problem. Yeah. We just we just, we just do it on yes. the performance yes. stage. Yes. So, you know, this idea of performance. And this is where the notion is. So, in a way, you're uprooting the place and trying to bring Absolutely. it somewhere else. Absolutely. And in, in a sense, which is always fractured, I would imagine, yes. as opposed to being but, whole. Yes. But notice that the names of classical... Uh, Khayal Gharanas mm-hmm. are place names. Yes. Gwalir. Totally. Agra. Jaipur. What Atroli. does that mean? Uh, it means that the people who started, initiated those so styles. So the same bunch of people who were there in Gwalir Gharana, who, let's say the, the people who started it off, if they were in Gwalir Jaipur and vice versa. Gwalir is the origin of most Khayal music. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that is the original gharana. But people start, wanted to do something else. You no, see, all Professor Malche, sorry, yeah, my question yeah, is... Yeah. Are we referring to the people who started it and they happen to be they happen to in Gwalior? Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's That's all. There's no local sure. color. Sure, sure. And they migrated, they came to Bombay, yeah. they went to Calcutta after the collapse of the princely states. Sure, sure. They, they, they came to urban centers for uh, support from the middle classes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Or some of the uh, smaller princes in, in, in Kolhapur. Aladia settled down in Kolhapur. Mm-hmm. Fayazka settled down in in uh, in Baroda, and there were uh, artists from say Bendi Bazar Gharana in Bendi Mumbai, in, in yeah. Bombay. So Bendi Bazar is the name <laughs> of, a, Bazar Gharana. of a Gharana. So, but Agra, Gwalior, Jaipur, and uh, this probably is not the case with Drupad Bani's. Rupat Bani's have a different... But it is um, the very much case with instrumental music. Yeah. Delhi Gharana, Jarada. Absolutely. Yeah. Patiala Gharana, sure. Indore Gharana of, uh, sure. you know, sure. Amir uh, Khasa. Sure. These are all local names, but they don't, I, I don't think Rakdari Sangeet will have a local color no. because of the names. No. Sure. They are styles, sure. which sure. are known uh, from their origins. In fact, Jaipur Gharana... So it's pure nomenclature. They happen to be uh, named. Not that. only that. There's a very nice anecdote here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pandit Bhat Khande mm-hmm. once asked uh, uh, Ustad Aladiya Khan, mm-hmm. hey, you say that you come from uh, your place in Jaipur, mm-hmm. okay, uh, Atrauli. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I go and find uh, people there uh-huh. uh, who sing like you? Yeah. Uh, he said, go and find out. He went there, uh-huh. it seems. And he did not find anybody. Right. So the, the Jaipur Gharana is hardly ever known to Jaipur people in Jaipur. Yes. It is it is a style of singing which has hardly any local color as such. According to me, if at all it had any local color, that has been erased by now. Sure. In the last sure. 100, 150 years. They migrated, uh, Aladya Khan came from to Bombay, first to Bombay, could not settle down here, then went to Baroda, could not settle down there, and then settled down in Kolhapur. So they say, why not call it Karvir Gharana, Kolhapur Gharana, hmm. instead of Jaipur Gharana. That is, is so it is possible. Sure. It's the name of a style, you are quite right. Sure. It's the name of a style. Why don't we spend the last uh, five to seven minutes just wondering about the future of music and where do you think it's all likely to go 
and also in the, so i mean just as a thought experiment if an alien were to land up on the planet 1000 years out and we let's say all other historical records were erased and they were listening <laughs> to happen to listen to music and let's assume they had the faculty to listen ah there you are <laughs> they should so they should be able right to listen qualifiers and caveats there <laughs> would it be possible to trace uh, let's say someone was listening to something which is drupad music today but you know obviously there's no way to label it several years out or khayal or gwalior gharana or whatever no frankly i i didn't i don't have any problem <laughs> if an alien does not have ears or the faculty to listen yeah because music can be seen too uh huh uh-huh. the proportions in uh, in architecture are musical enough yes I mean, it's, it's harmonic a, series or whatever yeah. correct therefore if an alien comes uh, here and listens to drupad what what is the future subrata um of obviously uh, difficult to say but you know, let let's speculate together what's the future dr rao where is music and in what way is music like what is ncpa in 2580 no i think that i wouldn't even attempt to answer that question for the very reason that you know human being life is maximum 100 years yeah right what do we really know about what happened before yes maybe some uh you know some books treatises or some records etc etc but why bother about knowing what will happen i think let us do all <laughs> our because it's just a statement of your ego thinking and you know wondering oh god it's going to all go away i don't think that in in that sense at all and i don't think it is my place uh-huh. on this universe to even wonder what will happen after i go from here all i know <laughs> that when i am here what can i do to at least take it to the next generation forget about what is going to happen so in 500 okay so that's that's brilliant and so let's flip the question back and let's say let's go back 200 years or 100 years and uh, you know there is a certain state of music today in the world and if if we existed with meaningful amount of intelligence at that point in time would it have been possible to say where music would be today yes and i think the human beings is a human beings are very creative pe- species and you know it may not perhaps sound the way uh, professor shubhroto may want uh, drupad to sound it may sound differently and yes. that's how it should be do you, do you, do you, you know, it should evolve in uh, you know evolve in not any uh, positive or negative sense but it should change with time and only there that's how it is you know if you just see last 3000 years that we have come thus far Mm-hmm. you know we know that between rigveda was between 1500 and 900 bc and that is the time samaveda etc etc and today we have come do you mean to say that we are sounding the same of course not, not. by course no not. no not. not even by far chance so no. if, if people would have thought you know about the music that we are doing today they would have been perhaps appalled i think <laughs> no yeah, if you take a very uh, pessimistic stand that human beings are regressing all the time that you know somewhere so we, we were we're not discussing we human were, being professor yeah. malche we're discussing music yeah and but music is a product of human culture human sure. human mind music uh, i mean subrutu of course has a right to believe that there is music outside Wh- okay beyond where even when mu- human beings don't exist there is music that's what? his belief okay i i have i have no quarrel with that in my my understanding human beings construct music human beings have the imagination to understand and construct even if i say there is music in nature it is my interpretation of nature it is my interpretation of nature whether there is music in nature or no whether uh, na- uh, you know animals and plants understand music i don't know That's i okay. can't enter their their psychology that's okay yeah. in, in what sense do you think technology yeah. is likely to play a role technology has played a role okay uh-huh. technology has played a role in the sense for example a new shruti based instrument like a uh, modified harmonium has come today okay okay it has been capturing shrutis mm-hmm. not simply the gross swaras but it has been capturing shruti uh, harmonium was not supposed to be doing it but today it's what possible. is shruti shruti are the microtones right which are used in uh, used in our music mm-hmm. they are microtones mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay they are they are they are microtones beyond the 12 swaras the shuddha and the vikruta 
you have those gradations of uh, of so the is it slides. likely that the musical instruments would be very will become subtler they are already there and technology will definitely uh, pick them up there are uh, i'm not talking about computer uh, aided music or not computer EDM no, or whatever. no no mm-hmm. i'm talking about human beings creating music generating music constructing pedagogical practice but they are changing there are quite a few people who learn on skype today can we okay. ask this basic question yes. that in the coming 50 years we will have robots actually creating music so that's only happening it, in, in several ways will I it will it have the same quality of uh, emotional spiritual elements of music that we are human beings are producing can we ask you that can, question at least we can just ask these questions you can make can your robot spiritual <laughs> you can build spirituality into robots if you I, if you if you I, can i think i think that's a tall order yeah it is tall <laughs> it is a, as tall an order as to create music from robots Dr Rao maybe we just end with you and you know when you listen to EDM if you've ever heard it uh, electronic music um do you do you, is there a, is there a timber to that we were discussing the notion of timber a little while ago uh obviously it's electronic so it's not produced by any one person in particular but different types of people and bands and groups and um uh, young and old music people are creating EDM um is there a certain quality to electronic music as well of course mm-hmm. any sound that is produced will have its own what you as call as quality or the timber and now it dep- depends upon the perceiver to say that i don't like this or i like this you yeah. know and uh, just like we are talking about uh, evolution of certain kind you know i said that music is an art and it cannot just you know be stagnant or frozen hmm. it is going to evolve and find its own time and space and place and everything depending upon who uh, nurtures it similarly yeah. i think electronic music we can't stop yeah from it from coming and in fact it has already uh, invaded even the classical music yes you know we are using <laughs> the it's so ironic that to tune the tanpura which we profess is the most acoustic and uh, tuning you know, the tanpura is like we need the electronic <laughs> uh, kind electronic of generated aid, sound no? mm-hmm. so you know it is here to stay and um, it is up to us to how we use it misuse it or abuse it but do you do you use the word ironic seriously ironic in the sense because you know that's what it's the fun isn't it no it is fun but not for, <laughs> it's for you and me but you know for uh, you know really uh, very conservative classical musicians mm. they say that there is no i will not ever n- sing without the tanpura yes you know and as an organizer i face some problems right right because then they need the tanpura of their own key then you need somebody to play them right. first of all you need somebody to tune them right and then you and don't for a second think that i am not pro tambura i am i mean i love the sound right but having said that the first thing that they will take out from their bag is the shruti box which is to be plugged are plug kidhar hai electronic and it the techniques uh, in electronics and you know the instruments in will try to approximate it and mimic that to the extent possible and closer they will go closer and closer that's very interesting i think it's a it great is. note to end this on you know let's let's see what the future of tuning the tanpura is it'll be, it'll be great to see where all of us land up it certainly will not be there thousand years later but let's see where we go thank you so much to all of you for making it we look forward to having you soon again thank yeah, you thank you, thank you.